Okay, uh, so the topic of this workshop is all the promises, not just in step nine. My name is Yvette. I am a compulsive overeater and the moderator for this workshop. Uh, so our speakers this morning are Rhonda and Melissa. Um, and let's start with the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. I will not mind be done. So the format for this workshop is each speaker will have up to 20 minutes and then the floor will be open for two minute shares. The audio, not video from this session is being recorded and will not be edited. Please note that this session will be available online or as a podcast feed. Anyone wishing to remain anonymous should use a fictitious name. By sharing, you consent to be recorded. Please do not share if you do not want to be recorded. Here is some Zoom information. Attendees are automatically muted. We ask that you keep what you see and hear here confidential and that there be no recordings or screen captures. Please respect the anonymity of all who attend. Please stop your video if you are walking around or eating. We ask you to rename yourself to first name and last initial. Feel free to add your state, province, or country. Also, please note that chat is set to host only until the speakers are finished. We also have closed captioning available. Click on the live transcript. Um, so our first speaker this morning is going to be Rhonda. Thank you, Yvette. Thanks, everyone. Good morning. Happy Sunday. My name is Rhonda. I am a very compulsive eater. Very grateful today. Um, from New York. Um, I have been in Overeaters Anonymous since 1985. I was 16, came in uh, as, a, as a teenager. Um, and my current abstinence is from July 1st of 2014. So that's just seven years. Um, I am, I knew I was a compulsive eater. Um, growing up, I couldn't stop eating. I ate frozen food, stale food. I even sprayed food with chemicals and ate it. Things I'm really not proud of, but things that today are my truth. Um, and working this, this program and, and, and by experiencing the steps and experiencing some of the promises, um, I no longer walk with, the, with shame. I walk with my head up, my eyes to you. And I feel very blessed, um, the gratitude of just for today. So um, I'm going to start. Um, and I have to say I'm a little nervous, but I know that my higher power is, is with me. She's with me. She's, she's here. Um, and um, welcome to anyone who's new. Welcome to all of you. Um, I always loved, um, I love the convention because uh, my birthday is um, usually right around it. It's Tuesday this year and I, there's no place I would rather celebrate than with all of you um, living in recovery. So promises. Um, I will say that I have been through the steps numerous times, uh, different ways, but um, the way that I'm going to talk today is through the big book. And this is a big, big book, <laughs> a little big book and a big, big book. Um, it's a, actually a large print big book. So um, yeah, this is, this just got me to really look at my program today, look at my recovery. So if anyone who has a book, please feel free or not, but I'm just going to go through it and share my experience, strength and hope. The first um, title page, the story of how many thousands of men and women have recovered from alcoholism. Wow. <laughs> it's not just like one, it's not just like 10, it's thousands. Uh, I want to backtrack and just say as a, as a teacher and a very analytical person, I felt the need to look up the definition of what a promise is because talking about the promises, promise is a declaration or assurance, either that one will do a particular thing or which I feel applies that a particular thing will happen. When I was taken through the big book, I was taught by my sponsor at the time that the big book has warnings directions and promises. I also find that there are, there are many truths in the big book. Um, there's even a, a, a sentence I believe about swallowing 
chunks of truths about oneself. So starting with that about being, you know, that they have recovered, for me, that's a possibility. That gives me hope that I do not, that, that, that there's a solution. What will, what will my hope be? What will, what will happen? Um, I no longer need to live in the, in the hopelessness, the unmanageability, the shame, because to me, compulsive eating is shameful. It's always, it's also a, because the mind always telling me I'm bad, hiding things, stealing, all the things that I did. Um, then we move on to step two, where basically, um, and Bill's story, I will say, talks a lot about, it has all of the steps. And I'm not going to go through that because I want to really highlight what, you know, pieces for me and I want to get to all the steps. But um, the fact that there is a solution, you know, that's a promise. With this attitude on page um, that with this attitude, you cannot fail. Wow. You know, it's like, this is not just like, well, maybe if I do it, I cannot fail with this attitude. Well, what kind of attitude? That's what I go through the steps learning. Um, yeah. Thank you. As I move on and I start to do the work, so I'm developing, I'm conceding powerlessness and I'm, I'm finding a power greater than myself who can restore me to sanity. That's not that easy. That took me a very long time. I had a very strong belief in a punitive God growing up. And I realized when I was taken through the big book and through um, people who really, uh, you know, helped me, my sponsor who helped me through the big book, I I gradually found a, a loving, caring, supportive, nurturing higher power. That was the, thank you. That was the essence for me. One of the most important things and today you know I don't I don't need a higher power who's going to be like you did it again or you know boom Rhonda you're nothing you know this is about nurturing and guiding and, and intuitiveness and it, it's it's living a spiritual life um so that God would and could if he were sought on page 63 entering the third step you know, the third step, by the way, has all, there are many promises before, I, I never knew this, before I got to the third step, um, to the third step prayer, it talked about, you know, we had a new employer, we, if being all powerful, he provided what we needed, if we kept close to him and performed his work well, you know, the feeling as we felt new power flow in, we enjoyed peace of mind as we discovered we could face life successfully. As we became conscious of his presence, we began to lose fear of today, tomorrow, or the hereafter. We were reborn. Today, I start my day with step three. Step three, and as well as several other prayers, looking is how I start. The promises have to be worked for for me. You know, this is not just like I just receive it like a gift. If we work for them. Um, then move on to step four. And I apologize if I'm going fast, but I really want to make sure I'm getting to all of the promises. And there are lots of them, <laughs> at least not all of them, but the ones I'm looking at. So step four was what I had mentioned before on page 71. And I'm using the fourth edition, by the way. Um, that being so, you have swallowed and digested some big chunks of truth about yourself. When I did the fourth step, I, I couldn't believe, like, it was, it was just like, even the writing it all out, like, things that came up, and learning what my part was in these situations, and I was not, you know, I couldn't control what other people did, but I was looking at what my part was. Where was I selfish? Where was I resentful? Where was I dishonest? Where was I in fear? So that, that was really important to me. And I hadn't really thought about that um, in a while. Um, I have to say, when I did the fifth step, the big book is really clear on page 75, what to do. There are very clear cut directions. And it, I, when, when I returned home and I... I really thought about the questions that they asked. 
But I have to say to you that I felt a sense of serenity sitting for one hour. I did not believe I could do that. I did not believe that was possible. I felt a sense of completion. I, sent, I felt a sense of catharsis. I felt a sense of release that I had not felt before because I had my, my sponsor, my higher power and myself, I had, I had really bore my soul as far as things that, that, ha, that I had done or things, things that, that I had never told a soul. Um, so for me, knowing that the promises, the point being, the promises don't start at you know, the, the, the ninth and 10th. They're starting, they're throughout, but particularly the, 15th, the, the fifth step, having we now begin to have a spiritual experience wow if i didn't know what that was i'm certainly gonna look, start to know now um and then you know as i started then to continue to do the work that was the other thing when i was first in program um they referred to the promises as the hidden promises i don't know to this day why they were hid the hidden promises but I'm so grateful that I know there are promises, that there are promises for each step, and that I was later introduced to the big book back in 1990. Um, so I say that for anyone new, because I was, I was, I didn't really know the essence of that there was a big book. I didn't really know, and I'm just really filled with gratitude. Um, the spiritual life is not a theory. We have to live it, right? I could sit up here and, you know, turn to page to page to page, but if I'm not giving for me examples of how I'm applying this to my life, then, then am I really living it, right? I mean, that's how I see it. I learn from you when you share your experience, strength and hope and apply it to a step, apply it to the promises. If we are painstaking about this phase of our development, again, what is painstaking? Well, done with or employing great care and thoroughness, right? This program's a lot of work. I won't, I won't, you know, I can't say it isn't, but it's worth it. I'm worth it. You're worth it. And, you know, for me, I do feel a sense of a new freedom and a new happiness. I can close my eyes and just breathe. Sometimes I like being on a bus because I just feel like I don't need to have any, you know, there's noise around me, but there's silence. It's, it's I'm comfortable in my own shoes. I'm comfortable in my body. Um, I try to do the best I can to be kind, compassionate, to be of service, to be caring, to try to look at another person's point of view. Um, we will not regret the past, no, no wish to shut the door on it. Well, sometimes I do start to go there, you know, that morbid reflection. Well, if I had done, don't go there. That's that inner voice. That's my higher power. Don't do that. You know, everything is meant to me it's about life lessons that's the spiritual life for me what lessons have i learned what can i the the things that have happened to me the most painful things i can now look you in the eye if i choose to share or give an example i've been through the pain i've been through it and sometimes life is still really painful self-seeking will slip away i can now say no i had a sponsor who taught me no is an answer. You know, if a doctor says, I'd like to bring my intern or my, uh, a student in to observe you, would you like that? Would you be okay with that? No, I'm not really comfortable. A friend says, well, I really want to bring my, my pet or my friend or this. No, that won't work for me. You know, not feeling the guilt, not feeling like, well, I, even in program, in, in, in a way, you know, not feeling I need to people please because I love you. But being, being honest and, and, and answering you truthfully. That to me is recovery. That's the promise. That's the gift of the promises. Fear of people. I used to be so afraid. I mean, I could never speak to a, an audience or, you know, I was always afraid. What would they think? What would did I do? Okay, do I? Now it's like, I just speak my truth. I'm perfect just how I am. Just whatever I say is, is meant to be flowing. Um, Economic insecurity, that's a hard one. You know, sometimes again, I go there and I look back, it's like, well, let's close that door today, Rhonda, you know, for, the, for just for this moment, let's close that door and trust. You know, Big Book really talks about trust in the lie, right? 
Um, and God is doing for me what I could not do for myself. I am absolutely convinced my higher power, when I get a call from someone I'm thinking of, when I'm just walking by and I see a sign in nature, or sometimes I see my higher power's name on a storefront, that to me is the essence of my recovery, my higher powers. She's around, she's there, she's, she's in me, she's with me. And to me, that keeps me in the work, that keeps me knowing that the promises are coming true in my life. Sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. The, the one I will say ceased fighting. You know, today, especially in these times, I can immediately say to someone, let's agree to disagree. You know, you're talking about something that's controversial. Maybe I'll, I want to relocate, for example, the person doesn't like, let's agree to disagree, or please, let's not, maybe let's not discuss that right now. You know, in a kind way, and I feel sane today. I wanted to point out in the 10 step promises, the word sanity is used twice for by this time sanity will have returned and we react sanely and normally. And we will find that this has happened automatically. Oh my goodness. I think I came in because I was insane. In fact, I did. I came in because I was insane around food, but it was my mind. Once I put the food down, I had to do the rest of the work because I was clearly insane. The mental obsession about the planning, the plotting, whether it initially was food, but then was, was about relationships. It was about, you know, getting my take. It was about the arrogance or, you know, selfishness. There were all kinds of things that crept up. And today I'm not fighting. You know, I choose not to fight. I have a, a daughter, a lot of, lot of trouble in over the past. Today, we have a, a loving relationship. Is it easy? No. She was with me for a week. She lives across the country from where I live. I prepared myself. I talked a lot to friends in programs, sponsor, prayed a lot, zipped my lip. You know, I learned, don't make enemies when, you, when you're quiet. It's once you open that mouth, right? That's when the problem can start, at least my problem. And the problem- Five minutes. Is, thank you. I heard that. It does not exist for us, but that is how we react so long as we keep in fit spiritual condition. This is why when service crop, you know, comes up, raise my hand, I sponsor, you know, I use the tools, I walk the steps, but these promises, it's like, oh my goodness, knowing that, you know, the promises are not just like this theoretical thing. They're there, they come true in people's lives, in my life. Not all, not today, not everything, not perfect, but, but the possibilities. And I'm just, I'm just so grateful. I'm grateful to be experiencing it. One of the ones that has really made such a difference to me is we will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. So as an addict, I have a very, like, I'm always thinking things, I have rapid thoughts. So I got this thought in my head. Well, I'm not so thrilled with my neighbors. I'm going to move, convince my husband, went along. So all of a sudden going to look at places. And then a little voice came into my head. See, that was my will run riot. Was Rhonda, slow down. Do you really want to move? Yes, I ended up staying put because my higher power was like, not now. You're not doing it now. Did some work on my home. You know, today I'm speaking to my neighbors, getting along better than ever. So the point is, is like, that used to baffle me. I wanted to leave my job about a few weeks ago. I sat with that. You know, I'm like, mm, you know what? I'm very grateful for my job. A lot of gratitude. But when I, when I go get in doubt with my head and I get all the crazies, crazy thoughts, go back to the gratitude. That's worked for me. So on to step 11. It works if we have the proper attitude and work at it, right? Attitude of gratitude. That's where the gratitude comes in. Attitude to be willing to work my program. Call my sponsor. Be honest with my sponsor. Call other people. You know, sponsor. Be sponsored. You know, what am I doing today for someone else? You know, how am I being of service? I have a very sick father in Florida. My stepmother passed away a few years ago, uh, unexpectedly. I'm his care, caretaker, caregiver, caretaker. 
he has a lovely woman who takes care of him who I cannot describe how much in gratitude I am, but I handle other things for him. And sometimes it's a lot. So I say also services to my OA community and services to my family and my life and other communities. We become more efficient, less tired. I'm not squandering time. You know, that is the other thing. You know, I used to waste a lot of time sitting around, plotting, planning, thinking of all these things. Um, and, you know, I realized today that I am a valued, beautiful human being. Not perfect. There's no perfection. I make mistakes. I get to make amends today. I get to say I'm sorry today. I get to be different today. I'm a work in progress. And so are you. And I say that really humbly because I never thought that I would um, be, you know, that, that, that any of this would be possible for me. I really never did. So one minute. And that's perfect because I'm right at step 12. Moving on. Um, what I'm going to end with is page 164, where it says, our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man or woman who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. Is my house in order today? I'm working at it. I'm a work in progress. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. This is the essence. See to it that your relationship with him is or her is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others, all of you. This is the great fact for us. So I could say so much more, and yet I think my time is pretty much about it up, and I'm just so grateful to be here, and I can't wait to hear from all of you and from another speaker, and thanks for letting me share. Thank you so much, Rhonda. Um, and our next speaker is going to be Melissa. Please share with us. Good morning, friends. My name is Melissa. I am a compulsive overeater and bulimic. Uh, my summer home is in the Finger Lakes of New York. My winter home is outside of Fort Myers, Florida, which is why I put up this background, because here we are. And uh, my home group is in Ottawa, Canada. So there you go. Zoom has allowed us to be anywhere we want to be. Um, when I was asked to do this, this particular talk, um, uh, the program committee said it would be great if one person did the promises from the big book and the other person did the promises from other literature, from OA literature. Um, and so, so here we are. Um, good morning. Uh, I've been abstinent since January of 1991, so over 30 years, and at a healthy body weight for a few years less than that. And uh, I am very grateful to be here this morning. Um, I'm going to start with um, the Voices of Recovery from uh, October 21st. Uh, hope was the first gift I was given. When my sponsor put her arms around my obese, smelly body, she said, it never has to hurt like this again. In spite of my doubts, I felt hope. With that hope came courage. Um, you know, and if that's a, not a promise, I, I don't know where one is. But um, I also did, uh, being an academic, I did a research project, of course, about the, about the promises and I found 70 of them easily in the OA and AA 12 and 12. And so I'm going to try to do one on every step in 20 minutes. We'll see how that works out. Um, and actually, in the introduction to the OA 12 and 12, it says, by following these steps, thousands of OA members have stopped eating compulsively what works for us will work for you too. Well, there it is. I guess I'm done. You know, that's, that's it. It has worked for us. And that is the promise that we can give every single newcomer that walks in the room. It has worked for us. If indeed it has worked for us, it has worked for us and it can work for you too. And I, I traveled around before I found people in whom this problem had been solved. 
one of them is one of the screen monitors sat down next to him in a in a convention and found someone in whom the problem had been solved. Wow. Okay, step one. Once we honestly examine our histories, we can deny it no longer. We have this disease. Well, that was me. I was, it was suggested to me that I, uh, I do a, a history of my relationship with food. And when I did that, which was mostly numbers, what I had weighed, it, it occurred to me as a scientist that I'd never been able to control what I weighed. Therefore, I couldn't control what I put in my mouth. And if I couldn't control what I put in my mouth, I was a compulsive eater, overeater, bulimic. You know, I found lots of solutions to the problem of compulsive eating. And they were things like taking laxatives and throwing up my meals and um, going on very rigid restrictive diets and smoking cigarettes. Someone told me it would curb my appetite. You know, this when my father had died of lung cancer. Uh, yeah, okay. The best one though, for me in the OA 12 and 12. Now these are second edition pages and no, I'm not going to put them in the chat. Uh, so write them down, OA 12 and 12, six and seven. The admission of our powerlessness over food has opened the door to an amazing newfound power. Okay, only an honest admission to ourselves of the reality of our condition can save us from destructive eating. Honest appraisal of our experience has convinced us. First, we grasp this knowledge intellectually, then we come to believe it in our hearts. Um, I love the promises because they hook me into taking actions uh, which will bring the promise into my life. And so first I had to honestly examine my history and then I had to admit my powerlessness. And that opened the door to an amazing newfound power. And it's in the book, you told me, you know, if I did what you did, I'd get what you got. Here we go. Um, I was convinced. Now, I grasped this knowledge intellectually. It took a while before I believed it in my heart. And despite the fact that our, our wonderful program committee called Steps 1, 2, and 3, the, the uh, thinking steps, um, I couldn't think my way through 1, 2, and 3. They had to happen at a, an unconscious, subconscious, uh, way down deep in my heart and my spirit. Um, Yeah, and, and that meant that I couldn't put it in my week at a glance book and say, okay, this week we're doing step one, next week we're doing step two, then we're doing step three, didn't happen that way for me. Um, step two is the promise for the first step. It says, um, we came to believe that something bigger than us was gonna restore us to sanity. Uh, or in my case, introduce me because I had this disease when I was born. Uh, yeah. I, I grew up with it. I, I, I lived it my entire life. Uh, I was also a nail biter from the time that I knew where my fingers were, nail and cuticle biter. I stopped biting my nails after 40 years in Overeaters Anonymous. Um, I had to stop putting things in my mouth in order to change the way I felt. Okay, how could we do uh, this? OA 12 and 12, pages 14 and 15. We had to replace our old ideas about God with a faith which worked. But once we became willing to do it, surprising things began to happen. Okay, this is a, a computer geeks, longtime computer geeks will recognize this as an if-then statement. If we do A, B will happen. So once we began willing to do it, if we do it, surprising things began to happen. Coming to believe was something that happened as we began taking actions, which others had told us had worked for them. Once we took the action and saw it work, we began to believe. Then we tried other suggestions and our lives began to be transformed. So there you have it. If then statement, take the action, see it work. We begin to believe. Okay, so that may be not so spiritual, uh, but because when we talk about an action, we talk about a human thing. 
But when we begin to believe, to, to replace our old ideas about God with something that worked. So I had very old ideas about God. And, and over time, over 30 and a half years, those ideas have changed. Uh, pronouns have changed. Pronouns have gone away. Uh, don't get me started on the subject of pronouns. But there is a force out there, and I, I use, the, use um, the, the famous movie, you know, Luke, used the force. And so I began to use the force, and things began to change for me. Step three, our primary purpose is to, uh, OA 12 and 12, pages 18, 19, our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors. We know that in order to do so, we need to work the remaining nine steps of the program. Oh, you mean it's not just about bringing my sorry tushy into a meeting, plopping down in a chair and complaining about my problems. No, it's about doing the rest of the steps. Um, coming to, oh, wrong. Freedom came when we took step three and turned the entire, entire problem over to our HP. When we give our up self-will regarding food and completely turn our lives over to HP, we receive all kinds of guidance. We're given the power of choice about our eating and we make better decisions about food. Well, so many of you will have heard the story about the frogs sitting on a log. You know, uh, I'm gonna switch this out and say my husband and I made a decision to drive down to our Florida home. We weren't automatically here. We had to load the car. We had to turn on services. We had to turn off services. We had to drive 1500 miles this week. Uh, we had to come in, we had to unload, we had to set up. We're still having to do that. So making a decision does not mean that it's automatically in place. Making decision means you're gonna do the rest of the things necessary to bring that decision into your life. And so my issue, if you will, with the way that step three is written in the OA 12 and 12 is that this is the way we're going to, our lives are gonna be after we're done doing all of the steps. That's my personal opinion. You can all shoot me later. Step four. But, but it was a decision I had to make. Oh, because it happened in my heart. It happened in my soul. And until that happened, somebody said yesterday, uh, I couldn't start step four. And because I kept trying to start step four and trying to start step four, and it, I couldn't do it, I had to step back and look at the three. And it wasn't until I was completely out of ammunition, I had tried every single thing I could think of that I was willing to say, I can't do this. You're going to have to do it. You know, you're going to have to do it because I can't. And I remember that night clearly. Uh, step four, the testimony, and this is the AA 12 and 12, the testimony of AAs who have really tried a moral inventory is that pride and fear turn out to be boogeymen. Once we have complete willingness to take inventory and exert ourselves to do the job thoroughly, a wonderful light falls on this foggy scene. The sense of relief at finally facing ourselves is indescribable. Okay, if then, if we really exert ourselves to do the job thoroughly, a sense of relief at finally facing ourselves. You know, I didn't want to start step four because I was afraid I would turn out I was a liar, a cheat, and a thief. And once I wrote that stuff down, I was like, yeah, I was a liar, a cheat, and a thief. Okay, move on. <laughs> the, the OA 12 and 12 on page 26 says we face the problems and they lose their power to overwhelm and control us. You know, it used to be if I thought about some of those things I did, the lies I told, the things I stole, uh, uh, cheating, cheating on my husband. You know, if I thought about those things, uh, I felt so awful, I had to put something in my mouth to change the way I feel. Uh, and usually it was sweets. Uh, sometimes it was, you know, it could be anything. 
I had to change the way I felt because I couldn't stand it. And so now we no longer need have the need to protect ourselves from uncomfortable feelings by eating compulsively or using other destructive behaviors. As we work the fourth step, we develop a new ability to see our own dishonesty and a greater willingness to live by the truth. Wow. Um, when I got to uh, giving this step away to my sponsor, um, having digested all those big chunks of truth about myself, uh, I'm using the AA 12 and 12 here, provided you hold nothing back, your sense of relief will mount from minute to minute. The damned up emotions of years break out of their confinement and miraculously vanish as they are exposed. As the pain subsides, a healing tranquility takes its place and something else may occur. You may actually feel the presence of God or become conscious of God as never before. And this actually did happen to me. You know, I, I, I had an idea about God. I began to have an experience of God. I could see something of spirit shining out through my eyes. And, and that was a, a real treasured moment for me when I saw... Um, I saw the spirit, the God in me shining out through my eyes. It, it, it was just, it was phenomenal and it was life-changing. Um, and so I'm not done. <laughs> in step six, <clears throat> the OA 12 and 12 says on page 90, uh, 49, our commitment to embrace the needed changes in our thinking and behavior has given us extraordinary power to deal with life's challenges. No longer do we go through each day clinging to the past resistance to change. We keep ourselves entirely ready for any transformations. Having such an attitude, we cannot fail. We become wiser, saner, more effective people. We can cope with good times and bad, learning and growing from each experience. And, you know, Bill tells us in the big book that- um, Five minutes. Oh my gosh, I'm halfway through. <laughs> uh, you know, that, that um, if we don't keep in spit for fit spiritual condition, we can't mm, survive the highs and lows ahead. And, and so to me, step seven, in step seven, repeated practice of seven enables us to form a working partnership with God. Um, we gain a new humility, we gain even greater freedom from our character defects. God's power flows more surely and freely through us. Um, I believe that seven is actually where I enact that decision that I made in step three. And now I say, God, I'm ready, you should have all of me. I know that I'm not all good, I know that I'm not all bad, I found that out in four and five. And now I'm ready for God to have all of me and to remove from me those things that stand between me and being service to the higher power and to others. Uh, in eight, it tells me, page 61, 62 of the OA 12 and 12, recovery depends on completing steps eight and nine. Oh, I'm not done yet. When am I going to be done with this? You know? So in step nine, it tells me um, when we finish our amends, most of us feel closer to God than ever. Uh, to the best of our ability, we've cleaned up the wreckage of our past. We're more at peace with the world. We can face the future with a new confidence. We no longer need the crutch of excess food. These are promises about step nine, step 10. If we want, so yeah, am I done yet? Step 10. Oh, come on, back up. If we are to experience permanent or sustained or long lasting or continued recovery from compulsive eating, we will have to repeat day after day the actions that have brought us so much healing. So no, I'm not done yet. And I'm not going to be done yet until they feed my little body into the flames. This is a daily program. 
um, as one of my sponsors said, the problem with a sponsee said, problem with this program is it's so damned daily, you know, especially OA. We have to eat. We have to eat every day. Um, as we repeatedly act on step 10, we begin to see the remarkable way the steps can continue to remove unnecessary turmoil and pain from our lives. So if I want that turmoil and pain removed from my lives, guess what I have to do? Step 10. Oh, 11, OA members have made prayer and meditation a regular part of their life and they found a resource for healing and strength that cannot fail. There's that cannot fail again. Um, there are places in the book where it says we cannot fail and I have some question about it, but boy, um, practiced regularly. Prayer and meditation open our lives to the comfort we sought in food but could never find. Through prayer and meditation, we align ourselves with a higher spiritual power that gives us everything we need to live to our fullest potential. So here we are again. Here's where we're going to get what we used to get from food. I mean, yeah, boy, we get it from the fellowship. Man, do we get it from the fellowship. And, you know, step 12 talks about that too, but I'm not going to be able to get to that. Um, one minute. Because I have one minute. Step 12, we who have worked the first 11 steps of the OA program have had a spiritual awakening. And, and the big book says the same thing having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps. That's the biggest promise we get. Uh, other than we've stopped eating compulsively and you can too. Uh, we've had a spiritual awakening and a message of hope. A message of hope. You know, that's what we've got. And that's what we... You know, and that's what we try to give to one another, a message of hope. The deeper we are in the disease when we get here, the more hope is available to us. You know, Bill wrote in the big book, my friend promised when these things, these steps were done, I would enter upon a new relationship with my creator and that I would have the elements of a way of living, which answered all my problems. Is there anybody in this room who would like to have a way of living that would answer all their problems? There's your promise right there. And so I am really happy to have uh, been able to be here with you today. I'm really happy to have been able to cram my talk into 20 minutes. And, uh, and thank you all for uh, hanging in there with me. And with that, I will pass. Thank you so much, Melissa. Um, thank you to both of our speakers. Um, and I will ask if uh, both of the speakers are willing to put your contact information in the chat um, so uh, folks can be in touch with you. Um, you know, especially Melissa, someone was uh, wanting some of the page references that you were referring to. So um, if you're willing to put your information in the chat, that would be great. All right, um, so um, the chat will now be opened up and we're now gonna open up the floor for two minute shares. Um, if you want to share, put your hand up using the raise hand function found in reactions. If you need help, you can chat to a host. And if you're calling in on a phone, please press star nine. Um, I will call on you in the order that I see your hands raised. Um, when it's your turn to speak, you will see a prompt on your screen asking you to unmute. Please select unmute to speak, and then the timer will signal when time is up. Tell where you are from and how long you've been in OA. Please remember that our traditions state that OA has no opinion on outside issues. Some examples of outside issues are politics, religion, diets, treatment programs, non-OA-approved literature, and other 12-step fellowships. Please base your sharing on your OA experience and do not include outside issues. Uh, please stick to the topic of this meeting. Uh, for those who arrived late, the topic of this workshop is all the promises, not just in step nine. And the meeting is now open for sharing. Um, Okay, so, 
closed. Uh, we have Mary followed by Danielle. And um, if you can take the spotlight off me, uh, please. Great, thank you. And maybe no spotlight at all. Oops, okay. I will just say time when two minutes are up. And you should, there we go. Hi, I'm Mary. I'm a compulsive overeater from um, Kitchener, Ontario. I have been in OA since uh, about, uh, oh my gosh, can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, okay, because I just, my, my computer just said low battery. Um, I've been in OA uh, since 2004, but I was away since 2017, and I'm just coming back now. I just want to say that I heard exactly what I needed to hear just now with these two speakers this morning. It was very powerful. Thank you so much to both of you. One of the things that I heard that I needed to hear was somebody referred to higher power, she. And immediately, because I have struggled and struggled with this higher power, having been raised with uh, an angry uh, male in the sky uh, who was going to punish me, it has been very, very tough. And um, something inside me just changed when I thought of her. Oh, yeah, okay. And uh, so that has given me some real hope. And uh, that's all I have to say. Thank you. Thank you, Mary. Um, Danielle, followed by Joan. Good morning, uh, Danielle, compulsive overeater. I wanted to thank Melissa and Rhonda. Oh, my God, your talks were just formidable. So um, my heart is big because I am so grateful to have heard what I, what you, I needed to hear that this morning. I got... Uh, I have gone to OA in Toronto and I've been in Montreal for just a little over a year and COVID and all that. And I haven't reconnected with OA here yet, uh, live meetings. But just hearing your talks there, oh boy, I am encouraged. And thank you for telling me that how the promises are coming through because they are. And I tend to forget that because my negativity sometimes will take me off that road. Thank you. Thank you, Danielle. And uh, next we'll have Joan. Bonjour, Timon. Good morning, everybody. Uh, thank you very much for sharing on the promises. Um, I, I work the, the one ask God for help a lot. I get really flustered, this thing and the computer and, and, my, and my husband tries to help me and I don't know. And I said, Tim, the, the way you can help is when I get help, me to ask God for help. And you know it works. And he said, don't just ask God for the help. He says, ask God for help, and it goes, and I'm okay. It is so totally, this program works in every single area of my life. And my, my meditation time in the morning, 41 years, every single day. That's the promises of the program come true every day for us. Thank you. Merci beaucoup. Thank you, Joan. Uh, I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Danae? Yes, it's Danae. Thank you. It was perfect. Um, but thank you, everyone, for doing the meeting. And apologize for the noise. Uh, the person in the room doesn't see you, doesn't hear you. Voilà. Um, yeah, I, I just had a question for both of you because um, I'm reworking my steps and I'm now like beginning again a step four and really like uh, look into my feelings because I realized that since I've been in a way uh, more uh, like one year and a half, like I've, I, I just haven't really like being ready before to really address and leave my emotion and see like, oh, uh, yes, I, I have a lot of crazy thinking that gets me into fear, resentment and all 
my brain start to make things a little bit uh, twisted and uh, and I'm like redoing this fear inventory and it's really sometimes triggering for me because like I feel like writing about my fear it reactivated and a lot of memory of the past I I have a past of uh, trauma I have a PTSD and uh, and and yes and so I I just wanted what what was your experience with that and and how can I do to 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 continue working that step and do it because for now I feel a bit uh, a bit blocked I, I can do a little bit but it's uh, I don't always have the courage to do it and I feel like there is so many things to put that I just don't know where to begin thank you Um, I'd just like to interrupt. I, I was hearing somebody talking in the background um, while you were sharing. So could everybody just please mute yourself? Oops. Oh, I'd like to respond, if I may, to, uh, to a question that was asked. And uh, well, so here's what I was told, that, that any newcomer could write down uh, the people he was pissed at, right? And that's the beginning of, of step four, writing down the people you resent. And for me, it was almost everybody I had ever known. And so I made a list of the people I was pissed at. And by the time I was done with that, I began to be able to write down, um, you know, not only why I was pissed at them, but what it had affected in my life and maybe what my part in it had been, and if it had been fear, then I go over to the next direction. And the direction is, um, what am I afraid of? Why do I have this fear? Um, and what are the character defects that, um, well, actually a friend of mine said, and this isn't conference approved anywhere, uh, where is the lie about your fear? What is your fear telling you that is a lie? And what's the truth? And that gave me a, a whole new freedom to say, I'm not capable of doing X. My fear tells me I'm not capable of doing X or that something awful is going to happen. And the truth is I'm very capable. And even if something awful happens that God will be with me and I have resources. And so um, that's the way that I did uh, parts of four. The other thing about four was that I was not able to start it unless I had a really strong power in my life to anthropomorphically hold my hand. Because when that power was walking alongside of me, I wasn't quite as afraid of doing it. That's it for me. Thank you. Thank you, Melissa. Did you want to say anything, Rhonda? No, that's all right. I, I've spoken enough. Okay. <laughs> all right. So we still have more time for more folks that want to share on the topic of promises. And if you're waving at me on the screen, you can just unmute yourself and say you want to share. And if you're on the phone, press star nine. Oh, and okay, let me get you unmuted there. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Melissa and Rhonda, for your share. Thank you, everyone, for being here and for everyone who has this who has a hand in this conference convention. So you got me so excited because I have a sponsee who's traveling from her winter home to her summer home. And I had asked her about, um, did you, she's somewhere set, set, so you sitting put for three days. I said, okay, did you go to any meetings? Did you make your phone calls? And um, she said that she, um, didn't she's visiting relatives and now though I know that her recovery is based on the steps and when I she calls me in a half hour how can I 
convey to her that she's got to work some tools during this. Thank you. Thank you, Anne. Any other folks that want to share on the promises? Yeah, how do you how do you you uh, convince her? Only her own pain will convince her. Nothing you say is going to convince her. Until she's in enough pain, she's willing to do something to change the way she feels. And then she's got steps. She's got tools. Okay, Sandy. Hi, everybody. I'm Sandy. I'm uh, recovering from compulsive overeating. Uh, it's great to be here this morning and to be able to do service for this meeting as well. Um, you know, I was thinking of the word promises, and I remember when I first came into the 12-step program, when I heard and read that word, I wanted to run in the other direction, um, because I'd been promised a lot of things in my life. I grew up in a sort of unstable emotional environment where it was very chaotic, and there was a lot of promises being made about, well, it'll get better and it won't happen again. And I'm sorry. And this kind of thing. And the promise never really materialized, but I kept on hoping. Um, and also the idea that a, a power could do for me, a greater power could do for me what I couldn't do for myself. I mean, one thing that I learned was that I couldn't trust anybody and I had to be self-sufficient. That was the only person I could trust, even if I didn't really trust myself either for that matter. Um, so when I saw all of that, like I said, I just wanted to run in the other direction. It's like, I don't wanna have anything to do with this. Um, but slowly but surely I have come to see that people are trustworthy. I mean, nobody's perfect and people can make mistakes, but I think that was my first um, sort of in the way I could kind of get into that was by having people that I could, that were trustworthy, a sponsor who was there for me week after week after week after week, um, who was helping me go through the steps. And I could see that not everything was going to be a repeat of what I had lived through. So slowly but surely, I came to feel a lot better about seeing those promises there and feeling more comfortable with it. Um, but it, I, I, I would have to admit that it's still a work in progress to some extent. Thank you so much to uh, both of the speakers for your sharing today. I'll pass. Thank you, Sandy and Michael. Hi, I'm Michael. I'm a compulsive whole reader. I've been in the program for about four years here in Montreal. And I had previously been in the program for about four years some you in Ottawa. And I'd like to thank both of the speakers for their, their wonderful sharing. Um, and particularly Melissa, uh, because uh, it made me once again, first of all, it got me out of the box of thinking all the promises are just where they're sort of mentioned uh, after step nine, that, that the whole program is, is one, big, one big promise. And I'm also, again, reminded of my immense gratitude for uh, what I like to call like the, rich, the richness of, of, of the program. Um, because boy, do we ever have a lot of stuff that's been given us in this program. First of all, the people and, you know, looking around the, the, the screen or looking around a meeting room, that's such a, such a, such a richness. Uh, and the literature, boy, I mean, there's just so much there, whether it's the big book or the OA 12 and 12 or, or the, uh, voices of, of recovery or, or there's just so much there and it's always there for, for me to go to and again to me all of that is a big manifestation of my higher power it's one way that my higher power, higher power speaks to me and and gives me the strength to, to to continue and gives me the hope so thank you very much thank you so much michael and that will be our last share um, so I'd like to thank our speakers again, Rhonda and Melissa. Uh, thank you for everyone that did service this morning at this meeting and everyone who has attended this workshop. And we'll now close with the serenity prayer. And hopefully we can unmute everybody and uh, say the serenity prayer together.
God. Thank you, everybody, for sharing. Thank you. Bye. Thanks, Rhonda. So Thank nice. Thank you.